Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Rust Belt Blues Podcast. I am your host, Jay Croydon. If you have been a listener for a while, you'll notice all the episodes disappeared. I have wiped all the episodes, and it is now time to a go-go again. I had a lot of electronic problems over the last month or so, so I was unable to record, but fear not. I come to you from the closet yet again. If you're new to this podcast, welcome to the Rust Belt Blues Podcast. My name is Jay Croydon. I live in a town called Rochester, New York. It's on uh, the southern shores of Lake Ontario uh, in the Rust Belt, hence uh, the name of the podcast, the Rust Belt Blues Podcast. Uh, I record in a closet. I like the audio better, and it gives uh, me a chance to uh, lock the cats out because I have couple annoying cats who like to be loud and mouthy. I like to drink coffee. Anyway, it is December 27th of 2019. It's a Friday, a couple days after Christmas. The year is almost over. And uh, yeah, so I haven't podcasted in about a month or it might have been more. Uh, I had some serious uh, technical difficulties, as they say. And uh Basically, all my equipment went down, and uh, I had to wait, and was blessed on Christmas, and uh, new recording equipment has been uh, given to me, and I can now continue on, soldier on, and, and get back to it. Um, today will be an interesting podcast. If you read the description or the title, uh, Dear Dawn, uh, you know, some interesting stuff happened over Christmas, and we'll cover that. So again... Thank you. Welcome back to the Rust Belt Blues podcast, and uh, we'll get on with it. All right, so segment two here. I'm definitely going to be long on this one. It's going to be long. It might get rambly. I have a notebook in case I have to keep track of what's been going on. But anyway, so it's the 27th of uh, December. Christmas was a couple days ago. Uh, overall, the whole day, I cannot complain about, it was an amazing Christmas, I got amazing gifts from my girlfriend's, uh, family, I had a great day with them, and minus, uh, you know, the time I took out to go to my grandmother's house, which I knew I shouldn't do, uh, besides that, uh, you know, time, it was fine. Um, so I guess that's what we're going to get into, because here, here's the deal, right? I, I'm, I'm 34 years old, since we, we wiped all the podcasts and, and episodes, it's time to start afresh, so I, I have to introduce myself again, for those who don't know me, I'm 34 years old, and, and we're going to get real into it today, so buckle up, folks. Um, so I'm 34 years old, uh, I was adopted when I was two and a half, I was born in, uh, Brooklyn, New York, apparently, uh, my mom had better shit to do, left me at the hospital, uh, I bounced around foster care for about two and a half years in the Bronx, and I was adopted by a family that lived in a, in a town in a suburb called Penfield, New York, outside of the city of Rochester, New York, uh, and when I was two and a half, I moved, I moved from Brooklyn, uh, or no, the Bronx, actually, I moved from the Bronx up to Rochester, or Penfield, New York, um, I was, I, you know, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican, uh, so in New York City, I don't know if they still do that, but back when uh, I was in foster care in the mid-80s, um, 
they stuck, uh, you know, uh, a, you know, baby foster babies with uh, the same race of uh, with foster parents. So I was I was Spanish, so I stayed with Spanish foster parents. So when I was adopted, I only spoke uh, Spanish and stuff. And I was I always knew I was adopted. My mom always and dad always told me um, my adopted parents. Uh, my mom used to regale people with ho- holiday stories. Uh, uh, about how she went down to New York and got herself a Puerto Rican baby. I don't know, maybe she wants a humanitarian award. Who the fuck knows? Uh, but I always knew that uh, I was uh, adopted. Uh, I, I just call it. They went down there and bought themselves a baby. Um, so, let's see. So I came up here when I was two and a half. I spoke no, no English. Uh, I, I spent a lot of time with my babysitter. I ended up learning Spanish. Uh, you know, my parents, uh, did the American thing, suburban life, uh, I grew up on a dead-end street, eventually all the kids moved away by the time I was, like, you know, 12 or 13, because the, the neighborhood I grew up in was a, kind of like a starter ho- house neighborhood, uh, you know, uh, people wanted, as the, uh, as the 90s progressed and people got more, uh, money in their bank account, uh, the, the ones with kids moved because they wanted uh, uh, bigger houses and stuff. So it ended up, uh, at, you know, for a long time of my childhood until I moved out, it was, uh, there was basically no kids on the street, you know. There was the, the neighbors next door, kids, but of course they were fucking assholes. Uh, that's the luck I get. Uh, so, you know, I, I spent a lot of time as a child uh, to myself. Um, I, am, I, I went to Penfield uh, School District. Uh, which was interesting, um, so, you know, I had a hard, uh, I don't know, I didn't, kids really didn't get along with me a lot, that, you know, how kids can be mean, and I'm be, I was brown, and, uh, the whole rest of the school was white, so that, that was interesting, um, you know, uh, I, I, oh, here's the thing, I, I don't remember elementary school being that great, uh, I don't remember it being, I don't know, too horrible, I guess, so, you know, I, I was kind of a ruckus as, a, as as an elementary schooler, you know, I was in the principal's office a lot, um, yeah, I ended up getting, like, suspended for the first time in the fifth grade, I had brought a pocket knife, my mom's pocket knife to school to show kids, and for, for whatever reason, one of the kids said, uh, I threatened them with it, um, I don't recall, you know, it was a friend of mine, uh, Casey, his, his dad worked with my mom, like, we, we all knew each other, lived around the corner from me, well, not, you know, down the street and around the corner, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it was just, it's strange, I don't, I'm not entirely sure still why, to this day, he would have said that, but, you know, I got suspended, uh, for, like, three days for that, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I remember, like, uh, you know, a girl picking on me in, like, kindergarten, but, you know, overall, it wasn't a horrible time up in, you know, it was all right, I, I did, uh, recreation league soccer, uh, you know, I read books, uh, at the library, uh, in the summertime, uh, I took judo, we, you know, we traveled, but, but when I was 10, you know, a lot, a lot changed when I was, uh, when I was 10 years old, uh, after an incident at a swim meet, uh, I guess, I guess that, that kind of changed the trajectory of things, I'm not entirely sure, you, you never know what would have happened if, if, so, you know, if one, one instance didn't happen in, in, like, the history of your life, 
So there's a lot of that. You know, a lot of times you always wonder about that. But so in, when I was 10 years old, I, I swam competitively. I started doing that when I was like 8 years old, club swimming. I, I did that till I was like 15. Uh, but so when I was 10 years old, I remember I was at a swim meet. Uh, I don't remember the school. Uh, the swim meets were held at like local high schools because uh, they needed a gymnasium to stick a bunch of kids in, uh, and they needed to do it uh, fairly inexpensive because you know this is c- club swimming. It's it's extracurricular. So we were uh, this kid. He was in my. You swim in age groups, so uh, it's it's your It's like a two year gap. So you'll have like the eight and unders. Uh, the 9, 10, the 10, 11, 12, 13, and then they're called senior swimmers if you're like 14 or older. So uh, you, you spend a lot of time with the kids on the team in your category. Now, we had a lot of coaches over the years, but back then, coach's name was uh, Dan, I think. And you know, every uh, there was five lanes of the pool, and uh, every lane was an age group, so you really got to know the kids in your age group. So there was a kid in my age group named Chuck, and, uh, Chucky, and, and, you know, Chucky and I were, you know, friendly, we hung out, we've actually hung out as adults, so, um, it was a swimmy, we're in, we're in a locker room, and, and Chuck and I are going, Chucky and I are, like, you know, just playing around, going through lockers, doing stupid, stupid kid shit, and we find a pair of Nike Air Jordans, I guess, I didn't know what the fuck they were at the time, I wasn't, uh, in the Air Jordans, my parents didn't buy me shit like that, it, you know, it's unnecessary, um, so we find this pair of, you know, athletic sneakers in, in a locker that's unlocked, and, and I, we giggle, and I don't know whose idea it was, and it, it, honestly, it doesn't really matter, we're just doing stupid kid shit, so we ended up, like, put, we got the, you know, one of us said, let's put it on, it might have been me, matter of fact, <laughs> said, let's put them on the, on the toilet seat or whatever, you know, they'll come back and, uh, and find their sneakers gone, and they'll look around, and, and it'll be funny, you know, they'll find it in, on the toilet or something or whatever, so, um, we go in to the, to the stall, and put, put, I put one shoe on, on one side of the seat, and he puts one shoe on the other side of the seat, and then, I don't know what, whatever, for whatever reason, we knock them in, uh, the toilet, uh, putting them on the seat was not good enough, you know? So we knocked him in the toilet and went about our day, and I don't even know, but however, whatever happened, we both get pulled into the office of the swim swim coach's office, head office. Uh, I don't even, it wasn't like the same day, it was like a week or later, I don't even, honestly, I don't even fucking know how they, they found out it was him and I, but, uh, you know, uh, what ended up happening, I, I don't, I probably said I didn't do it, because I always say I didn't do it, um, <laughs> but anyway, long story short, what ended up happening is, uh, you know, they split the cost of the sneakers, my parents had to pay 60, and his, his mom had to pay 60, um, and you know, but honestly, $60 wasn't a, must not have been a big deal to my parents, you know, it's not, they, they did all right, it was probably a bigger deal to Chuck's mom, because she was a single, single mom, and, uh, but you know we both we both did it so we both had, you know it was sixty dollars and sixty dollars which is fair you know and it is what it is, but uh, the punishment my parents instilled on me that for that incident would uh, would alter a lot uh, a lot have a lot of have a lot of reverberation throughout throughout my life, so I don't even remember, I don't know what day of the week it was. Um, I do remember going home and it was I do remember being dark. Um, I think I had gone to, uh, I had gone to the pool, 
uh, during the swim time to figure out something with what was going on or, you know, and, and I went home cause I wasn't allowed, I was like suspended or I think or something, but you know, so I ended up going home and, uh, I have a feeling, I don't know, it might've been any week of the day, but anyway, so long story short, my sister had on that, my sister had a friend over her friend, Aaron, and they were in, in the office. Uh, my parents had built a, uh, addition and turned it into the office, uh, on the house. So, you know, I got, I got hauled into my bedroom and, uh, now mind you, I'm 10 years old and, and to put it, this into context, my dad is 30 years older than me. So if I was 10, he was 40 and my mom is two years younger than my dad, which means she would have been 38 when I was 10 years old. So uh, I'm I'm informed that my punishment is I'm going to get spanked. Uh, you know, uh, one hit for every dollar they had to spend. Uh, six. So that's sixty. Uh, now I I don't I don't honestly I I caused a lot of uh, like little shit uh, before. I honestly don't remember like if, I know this was the first time that ever happened. I don't know if I'd ever been spanked at all up until that point. I'm sure I did. I was. I mean, when I was in the fifth grade, uh, I don't know if this was before or after the incident I'm about to get into describing, uh, I did get, I did, uh, get, the CPS did get called because my dad, uh, had slapped me because he didn't like the way I said something to him, and I had horrible buck teeth, and my lip ended up going through my tooth, my tooth ended up going through my lip, not, not the other way around, but, and then I had a big cut, and I went to school the next day, and, and, you know, the principal asked what happened, I was like, my dad, you know, I didn't think nothing of him, my dad hit me, and my tooth went through my lip, no big deal, uh, but CPS came, and blah, 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 uh, don't hit him in the face again, and they left, so, you know, that was what it was, I, I remember watching Hey Arnold, well, uh, while CPS was talking to my parents, but so, I, I'm not entirely sure the whole punishment structure up until this, this point, I do know I was an interesting child, uh, in elementary school up, and, and this would have been my last year, so, you know, it was like, the, in, in the first grade, I, like, stabbed some kid in the hand with a pencil, in the fourth grade, I ended up, like, choking some girl out, because she cut me in the lunch line, like, I was a disturbed kid before this, before this incident happened, uh, but I, I don't recall how, how I was disciplined and a lot. I, I do rem remember being grounded a lot, but I, and, and I was not fed and, and that's why, you know, I thought I loved my sister for a long time, but honestly, I just felt a loyalty, loyalty to her because when I was a kid and they, they would deny me dinner as a punishment, my parents, uh, she would sneak me in food a lot. So out of that, uh, I grew a, a sense of loyalty, uh, that for a while I had misconstrued as a, as a loving feeling towards, uh, my, my sister. Uh, but I'll get into that later. And she's her, you know, she's the one who this is, this is all for. So <laughs> hi Dawn. So anyway, my sister had the, had her friend Aaron over in the office. They were doing whatever the fuck they do. She's four years older than me. So they would have been 14 freshmen in high school. So whatever 14 year old girls did in 95, that's what they were doing. So I go in my bedroom and they tell me, you know, I'm going to get spanked uh, every, one every time for every dollar they had to spend. So that's 60, you know, and I'm a child, so I'm not like, you know, I'm not thinking nothing of it. And and so my mom, or get I don't even remember who did it. I think it was my mom who started. But so she, she says, get up and take your belt off. And, and so I get up and I take my belt off and they tell me to pull my pants down and, and bend over to bed. 
So I do I do that, and uh, I start getting hit with uh, my belt. So let's see. Now, mind you, again, I'm 10, and, and the person hitting me is either 38 or 40. Um, so I remember, like, the first two real like, were shocking, shocking, um, and then around five, I started counting, uh, but I started counting out loud, so, uh, I, uh, they started over again, and told me not to be quiet, uh, and then at some point, I started crying, and they, I was crying too loud for them, so they started, they hit me harder, and said, the louder I cry, the harder I'll get hit. And at some point, I learned to disassociate in that in that incident in, in, incident because <laughs> I just you know checked the fuck out, and that was the start of a very tumultuous, a uh, very long time after that. So if I was ten when when that incident happened, uh, and it took me until I was thirty three to get my shit together, that's uh, you know twenty three years of uh, a shit life. So after after the first time, it just you know it kept going. It, uh, I remember when it stopped. It was eighth grade. Uh, my mom had told my dad to spank me before school, and I you know I I just had enough. Uh, you know we, went, we him and I went into the bedroom, and and I got all the way to the point where he had my belt in my, his hand, and I had my and I was leaned over, and I was just like you know what this isn't gonna happen, and or no uh, no he no it, I didn't get to that. He told me to take my pants down, and I said no. Uh, and, and that was the end of that, um, but, you know, the interim between was, was horrible, and this is just the physical aspect of, uh, the abuse, uh, the abuse I endured, and my, and my mother likes to say that it, it was discipline and not abuse, uh, and I understand why one would have to say that, because, you know, you did horrible things to me, and maybe you can't admit that to yourself. And I can I can understand. You know, you're you're protecting your own, your own brain <laughs> from self imploding, because what you did was just horribly evil. Um, and she claims it's discipline. And you know, for the longest time, I didn't think anything it was anything else. You know, it was and until I was like you know nineteen or twenty years old, and I met a therapist appointment and they and the and uh, the dude just frankly said out you know do you realize your 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 mother your parents abused you and it was like you know that scene from goodwill hunting because i just cursed him out stormed the fuck out slammed the door left and you know we didn't didn't i didn't go back to see that guy again you know And that's a shitty feeling. When someone has to tell you that. And you start to realize. That um, they're not wrong. And it wasn't just that one individual person who said that. You know, I've had multiple. I've been in therapy since I was about six years old. Um, I, uh. I moved out of my parents when I was 19. I got put on probation. So I, I was in therapy from 19 until recently, 30 and some change. And, you know, I, I've had therapists tell me, uh, your mom should be in prison for what she did to you. 
you know. It's, you know, it's not a funny ha-ha, it's just funny <laughs> in general, but, you know, I'd be, you know, anytime, I can't, I lost track of the times I would, I would tell other people stories about growing up, and they just look at me with that look on their face and go, you realize that's child abuse, right? So... My mother's a, an educator, so it's not like you don't know any better. That's that's that makes it all the much worse. You know, you hold a, a doctorate in, in education at this point in your life. Um, I've never graduated from college, and even I know enough psychology at this point in my life. To know that she she knew better, and uh, th this past summer she retired. My mother from uh, her job as a superintendent at the school district she had worked at for a very long time, longer than I've been alive. For for, for a matter of fact, actually, and um, that was a real shitty day for me, as she got award after award. Lavish with praise about how much how excellent of an educator she was, and I don't doubt any of that. You know, uh, what made it shitty is uh, that meant she was completely capable of treating of treating me like that. She was she had the capability, she just didn't, you know, and the fact that you treated you know. Random kids, students, you treated better than 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 me. You you know, is is fucked up, and you know, uh, they had you know she had me convinced my mother for the longest time that it was my fault. I mean, the gaslighting that went on uh, during my childhood is cra is just a, a level of ridiculous. Um. And I mean, they still, they still have, but like this still goes, this, you know, this, it still happens. It happened the other day at my fucking grandma's house. None of these people have changed. And it's not just my mother. It's the, all the, uh, the, the, that side of the family, the, the females. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. And I don't know what happened, but there is a streak of evil, uh, that I can't even deal with. And from coming from me, that's that's saying a lot, you know. I uh, I lived on the streets for eight years. I I did stupid hood shit many years before that. Uh, you know, I I lived the drug lifestyle for for you know over fifteen years. I've met a lot of evil people, but I've never met anybody as evil as my mother, her sister, and her her mother. And what you know, I'll get into what makes that the the them just that much worse, you know, in a, in a little bit, but I mean, it's insane, and it's funny, because even at the retirement party, I ran into someone, the first person I talked to that worked there, you know, I was like, oh yeah, uh, and she said she worked for my mother, and I was, you know, I'm an asshole, and I'm sarcastic, so I went, oh, that's unfortunate, and, and she just smiled, so some people get it, some people can see through the bullshit, and that's why people couldn't really fool me, uh, 
you know, after after growing up with this with, with this person as my mom, because uh, you know, I can't. You got, she wears a very good mask. She has everybody fooled. She got confirmed to a superintendent's position when she should have been sitting. She should have been a felon. What she did to me as when I was a child was a you know that constitutes a felonious assault. And, and in any way you cut it. I tell people things she did, and they're just, you know, absolutely disgusted. How the fuck could somebody do that? And I go, I don't know. You'd have to, you would have to ask her. And you know what? I already know she'll just tell you it was disciplining me, because that's her her go to line. I was just disciplining you, but you know, I know there's a line between, you know, I know you can spank your child, and uh, and have it be disciplined. But I also know. There, there's a difference between discipline and abuse. Just like drugs, there's a difference between use and abuse. And she she waltzed over that line uh, that differentiates uh, discipline and abuse. And, and she hung out on the wrong side of that line. Uh, and it wasn't just physical abuse. She used to scream some, some, some of the nastiest shit at me. And I never got... You know, so I I didn't think I didn't think nothing of it. That's the worst part because I was just so used to it. You know, I had my first serious girlfriend when I was uh, sixteen, and this you know, at, uh, we dated for like seven months, which back then is a you know decent amount of time. But she stopped coming over to my house after a while because she she couldn't sit there and listen to to the way my mom talked to me, and I didn't get it. And the next girlfriend I had after her, the same thing happened. She said, "I'm not. I can't. I can't be at your house. I can't." I can't, because I can't listen to your mom talk to you like that, or yell at you like that, and, you know, for the longest time, I was just like, whatever, that's the way she talks to me, and, and just, you know, and then, and, you know, it's fucked up, because also for the longest time, I thought they were just, there, you know, they couldn't handle the volume at which she talked, but, but then I started to realize as I got older, oh, they also didn't want to hear someone talk to me like that. Like what they actually were actually saying, I get, I get it now because I wouldn't want to listen, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to listen to someone talk to my girlfriend like you know what. Matter of fact, if someone talked to my girlfriend like that right now, I'd probably punch him in the fucking mouth, and you know, no two ways about it. But you know, I, I thought all that shit was normal. I thought, I thought it was all normal. But you know, the problems at home led to problems at school, which led to me having no friends. You know, I didn't hang out with anybody. So. I didn't get along with anybody, you know, because I'm taking my frustration out on all the kids at school, everybody, every single one, teachers, kids, all of it, and then I ended up going to, to uh, a, a private Jesuit high school because, you know, I'm fairly smart, and, you know, that was a horrible experience, you know, I just had a horrible experiences with with everything, I hated my life. I I just started becoming happy uh with, about uh you know about a year, a year ago. I'm 34 years old. So at the age of 33 is when I started to figure out when I started feeling randomly happy on days. And that's fucked up, man, without a chemical. I should say that without not a non a happiness that is not chemically induced. It took me, it took me from, from, you know, from the age of 10 until the age of 30, it took me 20 fucking, 23 years to feel happy. <laughs> That's fucking insane. And I, and I, and I tried to kill myself, but I, I did it with drugs because I was too much of a pussy to put a gun in my head. 
And, you know, the first time I tried to kill myself, I was fucking 10 years old. I took all the, all the, all the nighttime cold medicine in, in the cabinet. And I woke up the next morning and, uh, you know, it was one of the lowest feelings I've had. I've had some very, very low points. And honestly, the next day was, was one of them because I knew I wasn't going to get out of this anytime soon. And I've had, a, I've had that instance happen a couple times where I've just in a moment realized, shit, I'm not, I'm not getting out of this situation anytime soon. I have to, I'm going to have to endure and I'm going to have to in, adapt. Um, but throughout my travels, <laughs> one time at the open door mission, White Kenny told me, uh, there's only two things you need in life and that's faith and endurance. You're fine with just those two, but lose either one of them and you're fucked. And I have found that to be completely true. And you know what? I mean, as much as my childhood helped, you know, helped me not get right in my head. And and I don't want, you know, I'm not trying to blame my drug issues and all that shit on, on one person or one instance. But, you know, there's a lot of compounding instances. But, you know... I don't even know where I was going with that, man. But, you know, it's just, woo. So, uh, you know, Christmas, where we go. <laughs> but that's how I grew up. So, you know, oh, so at Christmas, now is my grandma and my aunt. I've had problems with them since I was a kid, too. You know, my grandma, I, uh, I, everything was fine until I went, I went on some trip out to their house in Connecticut uh, by myself one year, and, and it was all downhill after that. I mean, basically, for since I was like 12 years old, all this lady's done is talk shit to me. Tell me how I'm going to get diabetes. Tell me how I'm fat. Tell me how I'm going to die young. Tell me how, uh, you know, uh, I'm not sitting upright. My clothes aren't fitting right. Pull your pants up. Put a belt on. It just talk, at, you know, there's nothing I could do right. And then my aunt's a piece of work who I really haven't talked to since I was about, uh, I don't even know, 20... 20, you know, it's been a good 10 years since I've had a conversation with you because, cause I, you know, because uh, of bullshit, you you know, and it's not me, it's it's them. They're fucking nuts. So anyway, Christmas this year, focus, Johnny. So I go over. I know I shouldn't. We're at my girlfriend's house having a great time, and it's getting time we got to leave. And, I and you know, I, I turn to her and I go, what if we just uh, didn't go? And, um, but we ended up going. You know, I want to see my niece, I want to see my dad. That's how it always happens. I want to end up seeing, like, two people, and I got to deal with everybody else. So we get, you know, we get there, and within a few minutes, I find out my, my parents won't be there. So, you know, I sit down on the couch. Uh, my grandma's to my right. Uh, my brother-in-law's mom's there, and then uh, my niece is uh, on the chair next to my my mother, or my brother-in-law's mother. This is not getting confusing. <laughs> Got to take notes or some shit. But so, you know, uh, and my aunt is in the kitchen and she is uh, flustered because she fucked up. She uh, she wanted to make chicken friends and some other shit. Uh, and I think it was enchiladas and guacamole. Anyway, she put too much shit on the menu. For some, this lady thinks she has like a, she's like a two Michelin star chef. Uh, mind you, she's never worked back of the house in a restaurant ever. It's, she's always front of the house. Uh, she, which means she's, she was a waitress and a hostess and a, you know, a, a, a ex, even, I don't even think she expoed, but you know, she's not, she's never been a cook 
She never worked on a line, but she thinks she's she can she thinks she acts like she did or something. And and yeah, she makes decent food sometimes, and she makes good food sometimes too. Um, but but you know, I I try to tell people, I, you know, I chef worked in kitchens since I was twelve. Whole another story. But it's all you know. It's a, the I feel like the biggest part of that's time management, and and you have to be good in kind of a whirlwind clusterfuck. Uh, and growing up the way I did, I was used to, you know, that's why I function well when I work in kitchens, because I'm used to loud, noisy cluster fucks, uh, uh, and they don't bother me, and I can figure out time management. That's, those are the only things I, I, uh, that make me uh, that, and, and a good memory, or, or what make me a good good line cook, that's it. But so here she is in the kitchen, and, and is getting, you know, mind you, it's like 5 o'clock at this point, 4.30? Might have been 4.30. Um... And she just starts to pound out the chicken for the French. and she. So I go in there, and she asks if I want to make guacamole, and I said flat out no, because I don't. You should have asked me to bring the guacamole, and I would have made it, because two weeks ago I made the guacamole and everyone loved it, but now this, this Christmas time, uh, you know, you're going to do enchiladas with guacamole, but you're making the guacamole until you realize I'm in too deep and I can't make the guacamole. Now, now, why would you just not ask me to make the guacamole from the get-go? Because I, I know her well enough, and I've been around her enough. You know, she's trying to outdo my guacamole. She did not appreciate, you know, she thinks she, she wants to show she can do a better guacamole than me. Whatever. It is what it is. Um, but so I tell her no, and I go sit down, and now my grandma's starting to rail on me about... Uh, any, anyway, what ended up happening is she was talking shit about the way my grandmother was talking shit about the way I was sitting... Uh, and I, I, you know, she's basically the effect was, uh, uh, you're not at your house and you can't sit like that. So I, I was like, well, fuck you then. And I didn't say that. I said, oh, well, I'm leaving. I'm going home then. You know, and I'm not gonna, I'm, because it's, it's too hard, you know, it's, I've only been here fucking, you know, I made, I made it, end up making it 40 minutes. So I've been here for 40 minutes and, and all you've been doing is, is crit, you know, everything you've said to me has been critical. I'm not going to put up with that shit. So, and, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to make a scene because I'm not trying to ruin anybody's Christmas. I'm not trying to, you know, my niece is there. She's young. I'm not trying to do any of that. I'm just, I, I personally at that point was, I'm not going to put up with this shit and I'm going home. So I said, uh, I, okay, I'm going to go home. So she calls in my aunt for reinforcement. Juanita. So she, my aunt comes in as, as I've already got up because, you know, I turned to my girlfriend's like, we out. And uh, she she ends up standing way too close to my face first and foremost, and and she's shrill and loud and trying to tell me like, oh what happened was she comes in and she's like what's the problem, and 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 so my grandma said I'm sitting wrong but anyway she, my aunt ends up telling me oh yeah and your belly's sticking out cover up your belly. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck you, people. I didn't say all that, but in my head, I said, fuck this. All you people ever do is call me fat. I could never do anything right. Like, I'm done. I'm 30 fucking four years old. Fuck you, people. And um, so I get up, and I said, I'm leaving. And she said, oh, don't be like that. It, like, way too close to my face, and she's way too loud. So anyway, I, I say, first off, you're not going to raise your voice to me. And second of all, I'm leaving. And I didn't yell it. I didn't scream it. I didn't. I'm just, you know, at the... Listen, you're not you're not anybody to me. You never ha you have been. Who the fuck are you to yell at me? I'm an adult now. I am not a child, and and, and you need to learn that. And um, so I left, and and I guess uh, as I left, my sister was acting like it was my fault or something. Why? Because I just I want I want to go home because I'm not going to sit here and be, be criticized for two fucking hours. 
um, Dawn, because that's fucking unacceptable, and I don't need that shit in my life. So I have to send my girlfriend back in because I, I I leave my pill my pill purse. <laughs> uh, I forgot I forgot to bring bring it on my way out, and um, you know I'm not trying again. I'm not trying to ruin any anybody's Christmas, so I'm not going back in there because I just I just might tell people how I really feel. So uh, she goes in and she comes out and says that you know she, my aunt Juanita came up to her and was saying how this is the real him and he needs to change and now you've seen the real him, bitch. Please, who the fuck are you to be telling people shit? And we left and we went back to her mom's house and had Chinese. I got a little drunk on some Seagram's gin. She got to hang out with her sister and play, or her brother <laughs> and his girlfriend and play cards uh, and some of their friends that she hadn't seen in a while. So, you know what? Uh, overall, the day was good, but that 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 piece of bullshit right there was... And, and I titled this episode Dear Dawn because I've never talked to my sister about how I how, how my childhood growing up. Because we might have grown up in the same house, but we grew up two, two completely different lifestyles. You know, she was the straight A student, National Honor Society. You know, I, I do everything my mom wants. I, I, I you know, she did gymnastics. Uh, she went to college, did good at co- college. You know, the, did the whole American dream kind of shit thing. You know what I'm saying? And here I am going like, well, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't really involve her. And I'm not trying. I'm not. I don't want to ruin anybody's feelings towards anybody else. I'm not trying to wreck someone. You know, I don't, I don't want her. I don't know. I honestly, I don't want to have that conversation with her. I still don't. I might have to cut her out of my life though. And that, and that's hurtful because I, I love my niece and I, and I enjoy seeing my sister. She's an enjoyable person, but I'm at the age where I'm not putting up with shit. It's gone. I spent the last couple of years just cutting shit, bullshit out of my life. And I basically ended up having myself. And so I, I go back to, to the family unit, you know, to see if maybe because I've changed and I've cleaned myself up. And I haven't, you know, I haven't changed. I just cleaned myself up and gotten smarter and older. Uh, you know, changed what I'm doing, I guess. I could put it that way. I thought maybe maybe it'd be different, but it's not. And then so I call my mom and I'm trying to, like, what the fuck do... Do I remind them of somebody? Like, why do these individuals act the way that they do around me? What about me is it that they can't stand? And, you know, she gave me the usual line, and they love me. And and I always respond with it, but, you know, you just always, you screamed it at me. You, uh, you screamed it at me as you whipped my ass. You, you, you Always, you always said to me when I was a child, actions speak louder than words. Could I come at you with some, you know, you'd ask me why I did something or I'd tell you something and you always say actions speak louder than words. Got to the point I hate to hear that shit. But, you know, I apply that to these situations, you know. If you love me, why do you act like this? Because this is not how you treat somebody you love. I don't sit on the couch and, and just criticize my girlfriend for two, you know, for an hour straight when the fuck she gets home. Why? Because that's... That's that's an incredibly hurtful and and rude thing to fucking do to somebody you actually love. 
But and you know, and the worst part is I'm the fucking problem in the situation of these people. I'm the fucking problem. Even to my goddamn sister. These people live in a fucking fantasy land. And I don't occupy that space. I live in the real world. I deal I deal with facts. Sometimes things situations are shitty. Right? But the bottom line is is my mother did abuse me as a child. Whether she, she can admit it or not, which she obviously can't, still. I had a conversation with her years ago. This woman can, can, cannot fundamentally admit. None of these women can admit anything that they've done wrong. And they, they just they say, I need to take responsibility for my actions. My mother actually fucking said that to me the other day on the phone after this. That, that, that I need to not be angry at, at my grandma and aunt because for things they did when I was a child. And I should take responsibility for myself as a child. Which is mind-boggling. I don't even know how to... I don't even have a fucking word to describe that. So basically what you're telling me is... Is I, in a situation where I was a child and, and you know... Say grandma was the adult. I need to take responsibility for my... For what I was doing as, as that child. And the adult gets a free fucking pass. Because it was my fault. One time my dad grabbed me. Shook me by the hair. Shook my head back and forth. And literally th- put my head through a wall. And then I had to fix it because it was my fault. Now, I want to believe my father's a good man who just got caught up with some... I don't even fucking know. The only excuse I take at this fucking point was you were a virgin and she put some devil pussy magic on you. I don't fucking know. There's no fucking excuse for people behaving this way. And to hear my sister act like I was the one at fault the other day was so fucking hurtful. I'm ready to kick her to the curb too. These people are not going to steal my happiness again. I am an I am in an amazing situation at this point in my life. What you'll learn about over this the, this podcast, the trajectory of this podcast. But I, at, at this point, my life is fucking amazing. I am living a dream life to me. Young Jeezy once said it. Not entirely sure what song. But he said, and he re- these were the bars he rapped. And I, it was, I, was, I referenced music a lot. But he said, I went through straight hell to get to street heaven. And that's where I'm at now. I went through straight hell. And now I'm living, I'm in heaven right now. My life is heavenly to me. And it's not like I'm I'm rich. It's not like I live in some big mansion and I have a three-car garage with a bunch of Mercedes Benzes in it. Okay? Far from it. But I, I'm living a dream, my dream life. I am I, the thing the thoughts that used to keep me warm at night in the winter when I slept outside were thoughts of, of living a life like I live today. And I'm not going to let anybody fucking take that from me. And I'm not going to let them take my happiness. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to, I can't, I'm done with, I'm done with a whole lot. So, you know, I'm getting to the point where I'm, I might be just done with my parents. You know how fucked it up it is to have to sit across the table from people like, know what they did to you as a kid and just act like it's normal. Cause I'm trying to have some sense of normalcy in my life, man. 
the feelings that, that, that makes you feel. Like when I have to go to a holiday gathering and pretend like I like these fucking people is insane. And the only reason I ever did it was for the fucking the money. But I'm at a point in my life where I don't. It's not worth the money to me anymore. So what's going to happen is on Sunday I'm getting together with my parents and you, and you know uh, for breakfast. And I'm going to find out what gifts I get from them, and then I'll schedule some one on one with my dad because I you know we need to have a man to man conversation. And and then I'm cutting them out of my life permanently. My my aunt Juanita and my grandmother are are, are already done. I, I, I'm done with that, and I'm done with them, and I'll never talk to them again. And after Sunday, I will never talk to my m- mother. I mean, I it, it bothers me to call her my mother. That's how fucked up the situation is. But I'm not going to talk to that lady ever again. And after I get to my dad one on one, I probably won't end up talking to him. And then I I I made this episode dear Dawn cuz you know my sister I might have to cut her out too and I think that her, that might hurt the most. You know. Um it's so I'm going to have to get together with uh my sister and brother-in-law and niece for a holiday. And honestly that 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 is most likely the last time I I will be seeing them also. And I made this podcast because I'm never going to have this conversation with my sister. So maybe she'll hear this one day. But I got to do what I got to do for me at this point. And as much as it sucks, I know it has to be done. I can no longer pretend. And I don't want to. Um, I'm, I'm okay with who I am. That's the thing. I, oh, it took me, it took, it took me a very long time to get here, but finally at the age of 34, I'm fine with who I am. And you know what? I'm not someone who can, who can fake this anymore. And I'm not someone who can, who can, who's going to be talked to like that. And I'm not someone who's, who's just, I'm no I'm no longer going to willingly fucking put myself in these situations. And you know, even with my parents, the only honest to God, the only was for the presents, the birthday dinner, the two hundred dollars at my Christmas on on my birthday. That was honestly it. But what's more important, four hundred dollars a year and one nice dinner, or my happiness and my sanity? And I don't think I would trade those two things for four hundred dollars a year. And one nice dinner. So. Sorry to be so heavy. So close after Christmas. Um, and, and you know what sucks is if anyone, if any new fans try to listen to this shit, this is a heavy ass podcast for the first one. Because I, I, I got, <laughs> I got rid of all the previous episodes and then just started fresh. Um, but if you come back, I promise you, they won't all be this, uh, heavy of topics, you know, but so it's Friday. I don't know. Probably get back to this on Monday. Take the weekend off. 
Uh, enjoy your weekend, folks. Be safe. Remember, the police are out a lot this time of year, so don't be drinking and driving. You shouldn't do it anyway, but especially this time of year, be extra cautious. Uh, and I'll talk to you guys Monday. Have a good weekend.